0: Good morning, and welcome to Common Ground Radio, an hour-long discussion of local food and agriculture here in the state of Maine, brought to you by the Maine Organic Farmers and Gardeners Association. My name is CJ Walk, and I am your host for today's show. Common Ground Radio is a monthly show airing on the first Friday of every month at 10 a.m. right here on WERU. So for today's show, we are talking about accessing local foods and ingredients with a focus on eating seasonally. As we roll into the month of August, the wide variety of vegetables and meats produced by Maine farms are coming into abundance. Blueberries are being raked, summer apples are ripening, and numerous seafood products are in season. Despite the abundance Uh, and availability of local foods in Maine at this time of year, decisions can be overwhelming, access can be a challenge, and our kitchen and cooking skills may need a little sharpening to take advantage of local fresh food products. However, many resources exist within our local communities to help us learn, access, and utilize local foods, and that is the goal of today's show. So for today's show, we are talking about accessing local foods and eating seasonally. And I have three guests with me here in the studio today. And I'd like to introduce each of them. Uh, we have Katie Green, who is from Mofka, And Katie is MOFCA's Communications and Outreach Director. Thanks for being here today, Katie. Thanks, CJ. And we also have Katie Friedman from Healthy Acadia. And Katie Friedman is Healthy Acadia's Food Programs Director. So thanks for being here today. Thanks for having me. And then we also have Courtney Collum. And Courtney is faculty at College of the Atlantic, where she is the Partridge Chair in Food and Sustainable Agriculture Systems. So thanks for being here as well. Thank you. Um, and uh, as we get into the show today, we'll be opening the phone lines probably about 20 minutes in, around 10:20 or so, uh, to take any questions or comments from callers. And I'll give out the number at that time. Um, But before we get into discussion, I just wanted to come back to our guests and give them each uh, a minute or two to just talk about the work that they do in general, uh, before we get into talking about eating locally and and seasonally. So I think we just go around the table and Courtney, if I could start with you and give you just a minute to introduce yourself to the listeners.
1: Thank you. Yeah. So I teach food and sustainable agriculture systems at College of the Atlantic. As you said, um, I primarily teach classes on food sovereignty and justice, and I teach about farm and food policy in the United States. So we look at the policies that either support or barriers to the topics we're talking about today, people accessing um, affordable, healthy, culturally appropriate seasonal food. As part of that work, I also help coordinate a food and farming workshop series at COA, where we touch on um important topics that are appropriate to the time of year so for example in the fall we lead workshops on butchering um, and canning in the winter um, we do workshops on maple syrup and in the spring we typically do workshops on native bees um, I also do research with uh, College of the Atlantic and the University of Maine at Orono so right now I'm working on a project called finding the sweet spot which we're now in the second year of this project where we're working with uh, small and medium scale maple producers and beekeepers around the state looking at the challenges to operating at the small and medium scale, so helping producers whether it's with challenges of um, sharing equipment, cooperating um, on equipment sharing, looking for land where they can either tap maples or put their bees in order to produce honey. Um, And through that, we uh, actually offer undergraduate research training through a program called the Sustainable Food Systems Research Collaborative. Okay.
0: All right. Great overview. Thanks, Courtney. Uh, Katie Green from MoFCA, we'll skip over to you.
2: So I am the Communications and Outreach Director at MoFCA. And um, so our Communications and Outreach Department is in charge for the of the publications and kind of outreach efforts for the organization as a whole so our primary um, publication is the main organic farmer and gardener newspaper and um, our outreach staff tries to get out to different parts of the state and talk about the work that Mafka does um, and one of the primary themes of our work this august is um, the local and organic pledge challenge and so that is encouraging um, eaters all across the state to um, commit to uh, choosing local and organic foods for one meal one day one week or the entire month of august so we kicked that off yesterday and we're going to be offering um, tips and tricks for eating locally and seasonably and i hope to get some of those from listeners today <laughs>
0: okay all right thanks katie and then uh, Katie Friedman from Healthy Acadia.
3: So as you said, I'm the Food Programs Director at Healthy Acadia. Um, I oversee and supervise all of our amazing food and nutrition-related programming across Hancock and Washington counties. Our work in the food programs falls into three major categories. One is obesity prevention, um, childhood obesity prevention. We primarily work through the Let's go 5210 program to implement that work. We work in schools and childcare settings to help them improve their environments and policies so that kids can eat healthier, move more, um, consume less screen time and fewer sugar sweetened beverages. The second area of work is in nutrition education. So we work uh, through the main SNAP Ed program to implement nutrition education across the two counties that we serve. We offer classes to adults and children in various community and school settings, teaching folks how to cook a healthy meal on a budget, Mm -hmm. um, and introducing kids to to new fruits and vegetables and flavors each month in our school-based programming. Our third area of work, which is most germane to today's topic, is our food access programming. In that work, we operate the Downey's Gleaning Initiative, in which we harvest surplus food from farms and redistribute it to food pantries, community meal sites, and other food security organizations across the region. We also organize um, food drives in in both counties. We help to convene food security networks in, in each county on a quarterly basis. So the food pantries and meal sites and other food security providers come together to network and collaborate. Um, and uh, we do a few other things we promote farmers markets and the senior farm share program which is another great food access program in the state and a few other things
0: okay great well thank you to all of you for being here uh, again today on the show and as we move forward I thought that if we were speaking about um, local foods and accessing what is in season I thought that in some of some of my research for the show, let's say, uh, that different def- different definitions of local can be out there. So I'm curious, you know, we're talking today about eating local, um, and within organizations like Healthy Acadia and MOFCA, when we're talking about local, is there a certain definition that you may be working with, or a certain range, um, Katie from MOFCA? <laughs>
2: um- there's no particular definition that we work with. I think we loosely just um, kind of think about uh, food produced in the state of Maine. Mm-hmm. Um, certainly, food produced in um, you know there are foods produced in northeast in the Northeast that travel. Um, Maybe even less of a distance than um, parts of Maine to other parts of Maine. Um, so there's no sort of distance parameters, but I think that's uh, you know the primary focus of our work. Okay
0: and Katie for Healthy Acadia the focus is really Hancock and Washington counties within the programs
3: that's where the majority of our work takes place we do occasionally work with farms outside of the region and we've we've been fortunate to be, to partner with organizations for example in Aroostook County where they've had surplus product to kind of bring it into Hancock and Washington counties and help distribute it to food pantries here and and likewise we've had harvests, um apple harvest for example where we've had so many apples the food pantries were sort of inundated in in our two counties, and we were able to partner with organizations in Penobscot County and Waldo County to to get apples to other folks who needed it. So for us, it's just about um, moving the food where it can where it can be consumed uh, by folks who need it.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. Alright. Any academic uh, definitions (laughs) of local?
1: No, I'd say, you know, I I teach exactly the same thing. I think, um, you know, for a a long time, people kind of thought of a 50-mile radius or a 100-mile radius, but I think... In reality, when you're trying to practice it, that metric doesn't really matter. What really matters is: do you live in a really rural part of the country where there are you know long distribution chains, or do you live somewhere mm-hmm. with a high concentration of farms? Um, so, really, depending on where you live, you just have to think about: you know, if you're in southern Maine, does it make sense to get some of your goods from New Hampshire, or you know, in central Maine, are you fortunate enough to get all of them from Maine?
0: It just depends. Yeah. Okay. It's a pretty wide state, so distance is is, uh, is always a consideration. <clears throat> and then when we talk about eating seasonally, um, you know, we're really looking at what's available locally, and then we're also talking about what is uh, available in, in season. So I know that there are some different resources that the organizations, Healthy Acadia and, and MOFCA have to help kind of highlight the availability. Um, but really when we're talking about seasonally, we're talking about what's available now right um and i think as we get into this month of august the availability seems to peak peak quite a bit um and katie did you want to mention the the Mafka the eating seasonally
2: yeah so um mafka does have a series of seasonal food guides which are available um, for download on our website and um, we also have printed copies that we can distribute to um different organizations or places throughout the state. But we were looking at the uh, July and August seasonal food guide this morning, and there is uh, certainly a lot of stuff in season or coming into season soon, Mm -hmm. um, including lots of fruits and veggies and um, things to round out all of your summer meals.
0: Mm -hmm. And it seems like there's also a few recipes that go along with with the guide there
2: as well. are some recipes and in addition to the recipes in the July season or the July and August seasonal eating guide there are some tips for freezing summer vegetables which I think is one of um, the best ways to make use of local foods um, especially in the winter months here in Maine I know that I I um, for one and overrun with green beans right now and I'm not sure if I can come up with some more creative green bean recipes but I will try um, but we did uh, we are going to can some uh, this weekend and, mm-hmm. and I will be thankful that I did that this winter
0: <laughs> okay and for Healthy Acadia do they focus on season availability for some of the educational programs or being able to access what may be an abundance uh, to distribute.
3: Well, we certainly we feel the seasons in our gleaning program in particular. Um, in you know, May and into June, we're always um, out there harvesting a lot of greens. We partner with so many wonderful farms that will have us come into their greenhouses in particular, and they might have a row of spinach that they want to um, turn over and maybe plant some tomatoes in there or something else. Mm -hmm. So we'll come in and and harvest the last of the spinach. The leaves might be a little big for the farmer's market, but they're still perfectly edible, and we're able to to move that food um, into the food entry setting. Um, so at that time of year, we're always our, our coordinators and our volunteers are always dealing with a lot of those um, greens and other uh, crops like that. And as we move into this time of year, is when we get into the heavier stuff. Our um, our coordinators are end up lifting a lot more, <laughs> and we really rely on our volunteers a lot to help with that. So if anyone's listening and, and is interested in, in volunteering with the Gleaning Initiative, it's a great way to get out there onto the farm. Uh, and we can we can really use the help, especially as we get into August and September. And uh, there's so much more available, and and it's it's a lot heavier than those those yeah. crates of greens <laughs> that in June.
0: The bags greens. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then within within some of that gleaning work is most of that is distributed fresh, to. Yes.
3: Yes, we we actually don't do any processing um, of the food. We will um, sometimes wash it. Sometimes we give it to the food pantries unwashed, and and we'll just label it as such so that they know to let their consumers know that it is um, unwashed. Mm -hmm. We have explored the possibility of doing some light processing of the products in order to make it more available year-round, but it's not something that we've been able to do to date, but it's something that we're very interested in. Um, there's some equipment that we would need and things like that, so we're not quite set up for it, but we, we would like to be doing that in the future because we certainly have um, so much like I was talking about the apples earlier. This one particular year, we harvested so many apples that the food pantries were <laughs> telling us no more apples, please. And we we really wanted to uh, turn some of that into applesauce. We did end up making some cider with it, um, and some of the community meal sites were able to serve the cider with their weekly free meals. Mm-hmm. But other than that, we we haven't done any processing to date.
0: Okay. All right. Great. Um, <clears throat> And then, I guess we could we should just jump into. We've kind of talked about these different products, um, some availabilities, and I did want to mention that um, kind of in the seafood realm. One of the resources that uh, that I found in doing just a little bit of research is that through Coastal Enterprises Incorporated, which would be ceimaine.org org, they do produce. Uh, They do offer on their website a pretty thorough report on the availability of seafood that's in the state of Maine um, for different times of the season, and that's an excellent resource. And there's also connections there, um, which we can come back around to, but connections on where you can actually purchase some of the local seafood. So I'll bring that back up in in just a minute. But what I wanted to figure out was where can people find these foods? Um, sure people are familiar with farmers markets and all that. Um, I'm just curious, like where is a good place for someone to start? I like to think of listeners that maybe uh, are new to the topic and where would kind of be the first steps you think someone may look for resources? And Katie from Healthy Acadia, can I go your way first?
3: Well, one great resource, um, the Maine Federation of Farmers Markets is a wonderful organization that compiles a listing of farmers markets all across the state on their website. So that is a fantastic resource. Healthy Acadia also produces each year um, farmers markets guide, farmers market guides specific to Hancock and Washington counties. So you can find those on our website. We also just recently posted these on our Facebook page. So if you go to the Healthy Acadia Facebook page, you'll see a link right there toward the top that'll take you directly to these flyers. So this is something that you can print out. Um, it's They're they're quite beautiful um, and you can print them out, have them on your fridge and it'll list all of the farmer's markets, the days and the times in your region. We have flyers for uh, one that um, includes all of the markets in Hancock County and then we have some regional flyers. So we have one for the Blue Hill, Deer Isle area, mm-hmm. one for the Bucksport area, one for um, MDI and another for the Ellsworth and Scudic areas. So Wherever you live, um, in Hancock County or, in, and also in Washington County, um, we have these, these wonderful flyers and it's a great thing just to have up on the fridge to remind yourself, these are where my markets are. This is, this is when I need to go. Another great thing about these flyers is that they indicate which markets accept SNAP benefits, WIC benefits, and participate in the main Harvest Bucks program, which I, I think we might talk a little bit more about mm-hmm. maybe later in the show, but ways, um, for accessing, Fresh local produce um, when you are on a budget.
0: Okay, great. And MAFCA also have some resources?
2: Yeah, uh. MAFCA, I would um, second the Maine Federation of Farmers Markets. Um, I particularly like their um, feature on their website where you can, uh, the markets are sorted by day of the week. So if you are in an area that you don't normally travel and you want to figure out if there's a farmer's market going on, that can be really helpful. Um, MOFCA also offers um, an online searchable database of the MOFCA certified organic producers. And so um, you can search that database by county or product. You can also, um, if you are looking for a CSA farm, um, uh, search for a, a CSA farm and see which farms list that they market in that manner. Mm-hmm. Um, even if you are not able to purchase directly from a farmer, um, but you see that a farm, um, you know, you can search for particular products, and many farms will list the markets where their products are offered. So that might give you an indication of some of the retail outlets in your area that offer local products.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. And then uh, we mentioned the Maine Federation of Farmers Market uh, a couple times here. And I pulled up their, their website in front of me, and there is off to the right a shoppers section which gives you various ways that you can, can look for the availability of, of farmers markets. And in some email communications uh, prior to the show, there was some from their director of programs. Um, Jimmy DiBiase, I think I'm pronouncing that correctly, but uh, had shared a couple things, a couple pieces of information that at this time of year in the state of Maine, there is a farmer's market open every day of the week. And I know that there's numerous markets that may be just one day a week, but expand to multiple days a week uh, in the heat of the season. But there are ways to search for markets by the day of the week, markets in locations, and then all sorts of various directories to be able to find more information. Um, and then another point that was coming from, from Jimmy there was that also uh, in terms of it's a great place for new farmers to find their beginnings, It's also can be a location where some of the more specialty items that aren't available all year round, far more seasonal, might just be available there throughout your directly from a farmer at a farmer's market. And some things they had mentioned were things like specialty mushrooms, uh, local fruits, and things that have come up. So I just wanted to share some of that information that we had along the way. Um, so, and Courtney.
1: Um, Another great resource is the Maine Food Atlas at mainefoodatlas.org. And they actually have, it's been around for a few years, but it keeps getting better and better. They have a live map and you can zoom in. To the part of the state where you live, and um they have a list of farms in your area, markets, food pantries, food access programs, um, and you can either use it as a source to find information, or if you're a producer yourself, you can actually put your information on to the food atlas and help populate it so that people can find your
0: goods. Is it kind of like an open open source type of yes, it's open
1: source, yeah.
0: Interesting. All right, and I'll just come back around. I did mention the seafood piece through CEI, uh, CEIMaine.org and through different months of the year, explaining what's in season in Maine waters and when. uh, They're saying August is peak season for cod and hake and herring. um, Lobster, of course. We hear an awful lot about lobster. But also through that website, there is a whole search function where you can search various products, search by county, and figure out in your local area who may be distributing or retailing um, those various products. So I think there are a lot of resources out there. Um, In terms of the archives for today's show, we'll be able to list on the WERU website for Common Ground Radio some um, some of these links and resources for people to follow up after the show to do a little a little bit of uh, researching on their own. But I will take a minute right now to remind uh, listeners that this is Common Ground Radio, and today we're talking about local foods and seasonal eating. And my guests in the studio today are Courtney Collum from College of the Atlantic, Katie Green from Mafka, and Katie Friedman from Healthy Acadia. And I think we'll look to open up the phone lines for any calls or questions people may have. So feel free to give the studio phone a call, area code 207-469-0500. Again, 469-0500, and we'll take any any calls or comments people may have. Um, So we talked a little bit about what is seasonal or what is local food. where can we find some of this stuff and so i want to get into maybe the next part a little bit about why should we be supporting local foods uh and maybe katie friedman i'll look to you first to the right here and say why do you think someone should be supporting we're looking for local foods
3: well i think um, it's so important to support our local farm economy um it's important to you know it's important to buy local whatever you're talking about to the extent possible um, you know to to support our local communities to keep our agricultural communities vibrant part of healthy Acadia's mission is overall to help build healthy vibrant communities and part of that is certainly our our agricultural sector and ensuring that farmers in our area are able to make a living um, and and thrive as farmers we want to keep um, farms, f- farming. You know, we want to keep um, keep the rural, beautiful nature of Maine beautiful, mm-hmm. um, and a huge part of that is our agricultural landscapes. And if we don't support the farms that are, you know, trying to make a living um, on that land, then we're, we're going to lose some of that. Um, so, so that's that's one reason that I, I think it's so important to um, support local, to to buy local. Um, and there are environmental impacts, and
0: uh, I'll let others talk about some of the other reasons. Okay, Katie from MAFCA, swing around to you.
3: Sure,
2: <laughs> I um, in thinking about preparing for the pledge that MAFCA is um, is promoting this month we I revisited the economic impact report that MACA produced several years ago mm-hmm. and I found that there are some really interesting statistics in there um, about every time a Maine citizen pays one dollar directly to a maine farmer um, they provide that farm with one dollar in indirect funding obviously but then you um, because you're supporting a local producer you actually help to create 83 cents in spending for other local businesses in your community so it really helps to contribute to um, a vibrant rural economy um, and then additionally there are 67 cents in spending um, created by Maine's organic farm families so um, I think that you know, supporting, you know, eating seasonally and supporting your local organic producers um, not only benefits that one farm, though the benefits of supporting the farms, as Katie just mentioned, are, are quite vast. Um, it's also really um, helping to support a vibrant rural economy here in the state.
0: So we're also talking about keeping that Keeping that food dollar circulating within the community, whether it's staying within the food realm or just other businesses within your local community.
1: Yeah, I think um, the supporting farmers in the local community is one of the primary reasons to eat locally. Um, there are also a number of environmental reasons, shipping miles being a primary one. You know, if you look at the grocery store, the vast majority of um, fresh of fruit and vegetables are coming from California, Florida, Mexico, Brazil. Um, Traveling, you know, that distance, you're considering the cost of fuel. Most of those foods are picked before they're actually ripe. So they're ripened with gases once they reach the facility. So they're not at the peak of freshness. Versus if you eat locally, you're usually eating something that you know, may have been picked that morning, um, or, you know, at the very most a few days before. So that food is really at the the height of freshness and you're getting the maximum nutrition um, from that food. Uh, It also just tastes much better. I'm sure all of us have experienced, you know, eating strawberries, you know, the the last few weeks we've been fortunate uh, to have fresh strawberries in Maine and there's, it tastes like a completely different thing than a strawberry you buy in a grocery store. so, you know, the health factor, the environmental factor, the freshness, um, and then, you know, all of those logical reasons aside, I think there's just, like, the sheer joy of eating, <laughs> you know, eating delicious food in season, and you get really in tune with the seasons. You you start to notice the bugs that are out at the time of year when, you know, certain foods are in season, and, you know, you start to notice, like, oh, when the days get really long, then my green beans are, you know, about okay. to be right. You start to pay more attention. Um just last night you know we was the this week was really the first week we were able everything we ate this week came from you know our garden or a local farm and it it was the first time we've been able to do that you know since since last july Mm -hmm. my husband said like you know this is the time of year we live for (laughs) You (laughs) you know july august september october like those four months we we get to uh You know we suffer all winter
0: long for this (laughs) to be able to indulge now (laughs) is that delicious food is that how it works um okay and there were some other stats that i had pulled together before the show um from a recent article in the portland press herald that talking about the lines of uh, the value of local food produced in maine and sold directly to consumers Here in the state has jumped from 25 million in 2012 to 38 million in 2017. Um, and another 75 million dollars worth of local food was sold locally to retail markets and institutions and food hubs. So it definitely seems like the market is expanding in that realm. Um, And then there was one organic specific that the total local organic product sales climbed from 36 million to 60 million in that same five year uh, span from 2012 to 2017. So it seems like there's interest. It seems like the market is expanding. More action is happening there. but I think that there's also still some challenges and uh, for, for people to access the foods. So um, I think Katie Friedman from Healthy Acadia, if I could look over to you, if we move into a little bit of the access piece, I know that you are working on programs that help people access local foods.
3: Sure. Um, so we are, as an organization, very supportive both of, of farmers and, and of consumers. And you know, from the farmer perspective, we want farmers to be earning a fair, a fair wage for the work and the work that they put in, and everything that goes into growing amazing uh, local food that we that we have here. Um, and. It's, it's, it's not cheap. Um local food isn't cheap and it, it shouldn't be cheap. It, it, it costs a lot, um, to produce local and, and particularly organic food and, and farmers should be um, compensated for that. So it's something that we believe in very strongly. At the same time, we want everybody in our communities to be able to to access um, fruits and vegetables um, and and have a healthy diet in order to improve their health um, and maintain a healthy and active life so as a community health organization our overarching goal is to you know kind of make the healthy choice the easy choice in our community so we want people you know wherever they're sourcing their food from to have healthy options whether that's the grocery store or the corner store the the gas station the the food pantry at school um, at the hospital wherever they are We want there to be healthy options, and and we want that to be easy and accessible and affordable. Um, There's a little bit of a a push and pull there because, um, you know, making things affordable for the consumer is sometimes coming at the expense of the farmer trying to earn a a living wage. Um, So what we do is we we work with programs to uh, help subsidize Local food um, and make it more accessible to everybody, and there are a number of ways that that happens. I, I mentioned the gleaning initiative. Um, through that program, we're making, um, we're providing a service to farmers, where, like I described before, we're coming in and harvesting um, crops that that they can't necessarily get to, or that they're ready to to turn over and, and plant something new. In some cases, we have volunteers that come in and do other work, so they're not necessarily just harvesting food, but they might be. Weeding or um, taking rocks out of a field or something like that, and in exchange the farmer is making a donation to um, a local food pantry. Mm-hmm. Another program that hasn't been mentioned yet today is the Mainers Feeding Mainers Program, which is a program of Good Shepherd Food Bank that they operate all around the state. So through that program, um, they've been, over the past several years, they've been um paying farmers directly to provide food directly to a local food pantry. So I, I think, you know, they realized that it doesn't make sense to be collecting food centrally and then redistributing it all over the state to the various food pantries that they partner with. So they started matching up food pantries and farms directly in, in kind of purchasing relationships. Um, we've also mentioned the main harvest box program, And the Farm Fresh Rewards programs, which are are kind of sister programs that enable SNAP customers, so so people who receive SNAP benefits, to um, receive a discount or or bonus fruits and vegetables when they make a purchase at a participating local farm or retail outlet. Um, So that's another great way for folks who are receiving SNAP benefits to um, allow their dollars to go further on local food um, and to overall... um, Kind of decrease the, the unit price of, of local products because they're getting more for each dollar that they spend. Mm-hmm. Um, I also mentioned earlier the senior farm share program, which is a, a federal program that um, pays farmers directly um, to provide $50 worth of produce to low income seniors. We help to um, Recruit new farms to participate in that program each year. This year we're really excited to have several new farms um, come on board in Hancock and Washington counties. So expanding the reach of that program and then we also work in um, low income senior housing sites um, to enroll, to help enroll seniors in the program and um, just sort of uh, support some of the logistics of, of the farmers getting the food to those folks. Um, so again we just we do everything that we can to ensure that all people in the communities um, can have access to the amazing bounty of local food that we have here um, regardless of income um, and so that they can live a healthy life and, and enjoy enjoy the food that we all do mm-hmm. and how um,
0: are those programs various programs accessible through various organizations in the state depending on your location if we're talking, like the Maine Harvest Bucks farm fresh rewards mm-hmm. um, how would someone listening find some more
3: information i guess
0: is my question
3: so the main farmers uh, the main harvest bucks program is operated by the Maine Federation of Farmers Markets okay. so you can find information on all of the participating Maine Harvest Bucks farmers markets um Uh, On their website they also um, partner with MOFCA to support CSA farmers who um, participate in that program so you can use um, SNAP benefits to pay for a CSA share and um, the Maine Harvest Bucks program will um, contribute to the cost of that CSA share so I'm sure MOFCA has information on that on their website. The Farm Fresh Rewards program is operated by Maine Farmland Trust um, so you can get information um, on that program on their website. Um, just really quickly, I can list the participating um, retailers and markets in Hancock County for folks that are interested. So the Farm Fresh Rewards program is operated at the Blue Hill Co-op, mm-hmm. um, and the Main Harvest Bucks program runs at the Ellsworth Farmers Market, the Blue Hill Farmers Market, and the Bucksport Bay Farmers Market. And the participating CSA farms are Beach Hill Farm and uh, Happy Town Farm. Okay.
0: Okay. Good. Great. And Katie at Moffa, are there are similar connections to similar programs. It seems like some of the there's some overlap in supporting these these programs.
2: Yeah, I feel like that was an exhaustive list. <laughs> Thank you. <Katie. laughs> Very informative. Um, I would just add that um, one of the other options um for access that um is not available to everybody um but i would encourage folks who have time and space to consider um gardening it's still not too late in the year to plant some crops and um uh you know it's it's a fun way to um, figure out exactly how hard it is to grow food I have found in <laughs> my experience um, and uh, does offer um, an opportunity to try um, some different kinds of crops or veggies and um, to experiment with some new things
0: so a good educational experience as well along the way I
2: find it to be quite educational <laughs> <laughs>
0: Non-stop education.
1: <laughs> um. Yeah, and as Katie mentioned earlier, um, you know, canning and freezing is a great way to enjoy, you know, the the summer and fall bounty all year long. Um, it can be a barrier. Sometimes, the, you know, there is an initial cost of buying your canning pot and your jars. Um, but those are things you can reuse every year. Um, also, there are things, if you don't have the space to do yourself, there are um, a lot of commercial kitchens located in communities that offer Um, workshops or space to do that Um, and those are things you could organize with a church or um, you know a workplace um, a gym you know any group of people who might be interested in getting together and and doing some freezing Um, I can for a number of years and then I realized it was so much easier to freeze you know you can take you've got too much kale and chard in the garden you you know you wash it you put it in boiling water for a couple of minutes and then put it in a freezer bag and and you're eating that in your soup all year long Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a great way to do it. Um, I think in addition to all of the excellent stuff about access, Katie mentioned um, another piece is um, knowing what you're actually accessing. So um, labeling, unfortunately, can be very confusing uh, nationally and in the state. But um, you can actually get on the USDA website and check out what some of those labels like local and organic and humane actually mean. Often they don't mean what you might think they might mean because they're, the language isn't very straightforward. Um, so for example, if you're buying something local, that doesn't mean it was humanely raised or that the workers were paid a fair wage or that it's organic. Um, so it's good to do a little bit of education for yourself about what those labels actually mean. Um, And in the state of Maine, um, CJ, you and I were talking on the way in, uh, there was just a a law passed, um, LD351, called an Act to Ensure Accuracy in Labeling of Maine Meat and Poultry, um, which says that in order to say, to put the word Maine on... A label it means that the meat had to be uh, the animal had to be born and raised in Maine Um, right now surprisingly that's not the case So you might be purchasing Maine that says meat and that doesn't necessarily mean that that meat was coming from Maine Um, so unfortunately that that work right now is put onto the consumer Um, so um, there is some work being done to make those labels more clear and Mm -hmm. hopefully consumers won't have to do as much upfront work one
0: day (laughs) So it seems like there's a little bit of a consumer education along the way as yes, well to yeah. under, understand what's going on in the marketplace. Mm-hmm. Um, well, this is Common Ground Radio, and today we are talking about uh, food a- or access to local foods, use, uh, utilizing local foods, and eating seasonally. We are taking any calls for comments or questions, and that number into the studio is area code 207469. 0500 any comments or questions there and um, I think with some of the access pieces uh, some challenges along the way something I wanted to mention is kind of what about the the out of season it seems to me a lot of the programs we talk about have a really strong focus maybe summertime getting into fall Um, I think Katie Are these programs year-round programs for people, or are some of them specific to what's in season?
3: Certainly the the cleaning initiative, you know, December, January, February, those are our slow months. Those are the months where we're doing a lot of planning and kind of getting our systems in place, um, doing kind of the the behind-the-scenes work that's going to get us set up for the for the coming season. Um, similarly, the, the main Senior Farm Share program, that's, that's just a summertime program. We do, however, um, you know, we continue to support our food security organizations in different ways throughout the year. It might not be with local food, but we do help to coordinate, uh, for example, a a food drive the Hancock County Food Drive every year in March Mm -hmm. and part of the reason that we do that in March is because that's a time of year when the food pantries you know it's past the holiday season where they tend to get a lot of donations it's before the growing season so they're they're not seeing as much fresh produce in the pantry setting so it's just a time of year that they need a little bit extra support so we in partnership with a number of other organizations including University of Maine Cooperative Extension and others we, we coordinate this month-long food drive, and uh, so we raise funds and non-perishable food for um, the food pantries, participating food pantries in Hancock County. In Washington County, we do something similar in um, November of each year, called the turkeyathon So that's a one-day fundraiser um, that t- tends to raise about thirty thousand dollars in one day. It's it's pretty incredible seeing seeing folks come together, um, and all of that money goes to the food pantries in Washington County to help folks um, purchase a, a healthy holiday meal. So there are things that we're doing. It's it's not necessarily um, focused on local food, um, but we're trying to um, you know make sure that our food security partners that are playing such an important role in our communities and making sure that, that people aren't going hungry, that they have access to food, um, that they're supported all year round. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then for people thinking,
0: you know, just new to, new to the thoughts, new to the ideas of maybe taking, maybe taking advantage of what's in season, we have mentioned some of the canning and the freezing and ways to organize. Um, and I believe Mafka on occasion offers kind of food preservation workshops?
2: Yeah, there are some offered, um, I think at least once a year through our farm training projects. Okay. Um, something that um, Katie mentioned made me um, you know, we were talking about this pledge a few times today, which is really intended to be um, kind of a celebration of the abundance of uh, options that we have right now. Um, but I think that um, As folks start to think about eating and cooking um, more seasonally, you'll realize that the winter, while might not be as obvious that there are so many options, there are still um, a great number of options. I've seen um, in my area um, some farms start to offer winter CSA options, Mm -hmm. so... um, CSA is community supported agriculture where you can, um, arrange, um, uh, for a payment to your farmer at the beginning of a season and then receive, um, foods, uh, at intervals you know the winter ones might not be as frequent as the summer ones but there are certainly some options and I've also seen some some new creative options where growers are coming together and offering shares that even start in the middle of summer or um, for the fall so it's not you know I feel like we have traditionally or I have traditionally thought of signing up for a CSA as a late winter early spring sort of activity but that might not always be the case now so Mm -hmm. um, folks who are interested in that might take a look around and and see what the options are
3: Mm yeah okay one more thing i i I neglected to mention is um, healthy acadia does operate a winter farmers market on mdi called farm drop um, and that's a great way for folks in that area to access local food we have um, 10 or 15 producers that are on that on that site so it's an it's an online farmers market you can uh, shop online and pick up on Fridays in so there's also a farm drop site that's operated by George Stevens Academy in Blue Hills so that's another way to access that online farmers market <clears throat> and With the MDI farm drop-up, a portion of the proceeds goes to support the Down East Cleaning Initiative, so it's a great way to shop local and support a good cause at the same time. Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm. And and I'm not sure if I mentioned it earlier, but one of the pieces that came from the Maine Federation of Farmers Markets was that there are over 35 winter markets in Maine at this point, Mm so uh, being able to find those and access those foods... Um, and me being able to look around in your local community for some of those educational options on the freezing and the canning, uh, food preservation pieces, we seems like may quickly slip out of season eventually when time flies, uh, so fast there. But I know that there are plenty of community options to help with those things. Um, but Courtney, do you have something?
1: Yeah, there are also many farms in the area that offer, um, bulk buying for winter. So if you're not interested in freezing or canning, you can, um, usually in October purchase, um, onions, garlic, carrots, potatoes, beets, um, winter squash, which doesn't require any processing and just needs to be stored in a, you know, a cool, dark place. Mm -hmm. Um, and then you can be eating those foods all the way through till May.
0: Mm -hmm. I'll admit that I have done that myself. Instead <laughs> yeah. of buying them at the stand, saying, "How hey, about next week? You bring me this." Yeah.
1: And Common and Ground, work it, work and Fair it's a, a great place to do that. You know, I, I know many people who, um, you know, every year when you go to Common Ground, you purchase all of your garlic for
0: the year. People stocking up at that time. <laughs> <Yeah. coughs> um, so uh, again, Common Ground Radio. We're talking about local foods. And any calls or any uh, listeners interested in calling in with questions, can get right into the studio at four six nine zero five hundred. So. Katie Green from MoFGA, we had mentioned this pledge for the month of August, and I wanted to take a few minutes just to be able to go over maybe some of the details around that. About um, we've talked about the importance environmentally, uh, economically, nutrition-based uh, information. So, just some of the details within what does it actually mean?
2: Sure. So we, um, the pledge is intended to be a really fun kind of celebration of everything that we have going on right now. Um, individuals who take the pledge will receive um, a weekly email from Mafka, and we're going to create kind of a real community vibe around um, how to access uh, local organic products, um, some recipes, um, some tips on um what's in season or you know how to make best use of what we have going on in august and um so you know we're encouraging those who you know garden or homestead to you know enjoy all of the crops that you're producing yourself mm-hmm. um, and then That those who purchase products, um, you know, specifically go look for ones that are local and organic. Um, but we understand that not everything is available locally and organic. So, um, there, you know, for some items that aren't available, we are just encouraging, um, folks to learn as much about how our product is produced and, and think about if there are local and organic substitutions, um, for some of those products. You know, perhaps you can use, um, maple syrup, um, in place of sugar in some of your recipes. Mm -hmm. So it's been, um, a really fun, um, we had some really fun conversations about, you know, what am I going to do for, um, my cracker snacks maybe. So actually, um, our executive director, Sarah has, has made a new cracker recipe, um, using local and organic products. And so we plan to share that in an upcoming, um, she made a little time-lapse video. It looks really great. Um, so we'll be sharing that in, um, one of our future, uh, newsletters. Um, but we really want everybody to, um, I, I think it's been, we've had some really interesting conversations, but also it's kind of thought provoking to look at your meals and think about how you might be able to be a little bit more creative and take advantage of all that we have to offer here in the state of Maine.
0: Mm -hmm. okay are there any um i had read some of the materials but some of the nuances there like
2: coffee <laughs> right <laughs> well we wouldn't ask anybody to go without their coffee <laughs> um and spices uh, are another one so for the purposes of our pledge we are also just highlighting that there are some local um businesses who are supporting organic farmers in other parts of the world mm-hmm. by roasting um coffees or um, making some really delicious spice blends. So um, for the purposes of our pledge, we are encouraging uh, folks to purchase items that are not available locally and organic to um, consider Mafka certified organic
0: mm-hmm. products. So it seems like just another piece around the educational side of things, of being kind of consumer education, being aware. Courtney had mentioned some things about... Labels, but also thinking about what's available and, and practices behind the food as well. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. And I was thinking this morning, I'll have to throw out the person like sitting there at five in the morning trying to fine tune my notes for the show. And I was eating my breakfast and was trying to like put myself up against the pledge. I think I did okay. I won't go into details on <laughs> in there, but. Um, I did grab a breakfast sandwich on the road, so it <laughs> shot the whole thing there, but um, but it's good to think about uh, just what's on your plate, I guess absolutely around.
2: and we you know we're talking about a lot of seasonal items um, and you know freezing and canning, which is great, but there are also items that are produced um, locally that are available year round. so I have recently started um, making my own yogurt. Mm -hmm. which is fantastic, and I every time appreciate that um, there are dairy farmers in the state working very hard um, to put milk on the shelves for us every day. So, um, you know, that's one item that, you know, is available now but is also available throughout the year, and, um, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe one aspect of the pledge you could take with you (laughs) year-round.
0: Yeah, so... That's that's good to see. We mentioned the gardening piece. Courtney had mentioned what you're learning in the garden along the way. (laughs) Katie had mentioned how hard it actually is to (laughs) to grow some food. Um, I think uh, for Katie Friedman, in terms of some of those educational opportunities through Healthy Acadia, I think we mentioned programs to to help with the access. Does Healthy Acadia work with other organizations to um, like, teach some skills around that, or?
3: Yeah, through our nutrition education program that I mentioned at the top of the show, um, mm-hmm. that's through Maine SnapEd. We offer cooking classes. They're, they're not necessarily focused on, on local per se, but it's all about how to shop, cook, and eat healthy on a budget. Mm-hmm. So it is um, very much featuring um, fruits and vegetables, trying to incorporate more of those into your meal and trying to figure out how to source those affordably, um, which in- includes, you know, through some of these food access programs that we've mentioned, how to, um, how to connect with with local sources of food and and make it more affordable for people who might be on SNAP benefits but also you know looking at within the grocery store um, what are some good ways to um you know shop healthier um on a budget so some of that includes you know teaching people basic skills about how to read a label and to understand what's really in their food and how to uh, look at the unit price mm-hmm. so that they can understand okay if i buy the frozen green beans i'm paying this much per per pound versus the canned or the fresh green beans um so what's kind of the biggest bang for their dollar and through that program we support you know all all fruits and vegetables whether they're fresh frozen or canned um so we offer classes um you can go to the healthy acadia website or uh, main snap ed also has a calendar so you can look on their their calendar to see where there are classes near you in any part of the state
0: okay great great well we are getting down into the last uh, three or four minutes here of of the show and we've been talking about um Local food and accessing local food, use, utilizing local food, seems like there's plenty of resources. Um, and I think just to recap, a couple um, a couple places. Katie, you had just mentioned a couple local resource or places where people could find more information. Um, we had mentioned the Maine Food Atlas as a way to find more information about local foods. I'm just kind of looking at all the notes that I wrote down. Uh, the Maine Federation of Farmers' Markets website has lots of great resources there, um, which is mainefarmersmarkets.org. Maine um, in the seafood realm, we had brought up coastal enterprises, so ceimaine.org had some great resources there um, through Healthy Acadia. Healthy Acadia's website is?
3: Healthyacadia.org.
0: Okay. And MOFGA's website as well is MMOFGA, mofga.org, for for some of those resources. Um, Okay. And I know we had a lot of information out there, and we'll be able to provide some of these links in the archive for today's show for people to maybe access a little more more easily. Um, But we do have just a couple minutes left, and I know if anyone had any closing thoughts for today's show or... Any last-minute points? Everyone's looking at each other, but I'm uh, excited.
1: This Afca <laughs> pledge has uh, motivated me to. Uh, I mean, it's the perfect time of year for it, right? You're you're kind of already doing it on your own, but now I'll be a bit more intentional about
0: mm-hmm.
1: about what we're eating. Yeah, I'll definitely be signing up. And great,
0: being, being able to to look at what's on your plate, I guess, as well. So mm-hmm. a little bit of education behind the food here today. Um, well, we are just about in the last minute of the show, uh, so I wanted to thank Courtney Colum from College of the Atlantic being here today. Katie Green from Mofka. Thank you again for being here today, and Katie Friedman from Healthy Acadia. We were talking about local foods and accessing local foods. Thank you to Joel Mann back there for engineering today 's show while amy 's on vacation. And Common Ground Radio is right here first Friday of every month at 10 a.m. And please stay tuned for On the Wing.